The kids are eating avocados in the yeah. afternoon. Avanavo in the avo. How I get the windows to go in the places I like. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Parch department. Please make Run. my head one-tenth the size. <laughs> yeah, you're like high-fidelity camera and I'm like potato cam. I need, yeah. to, need to set it up so I can start using my phone. It's good. We've probably talked about this. It's It's got to be the most expensive camera <laughs> products in the world, right? Like, you imagine yeah, the true. billions of dollars spent on making that camera. So true. Yeah. Hey, go, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids are up. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm at work. When do they wake? Yeah. Oh, you are? I can't, I can't tell. It's too blurry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Where where are you at at work? I'm out in the office today. I was about to set up in my cubby, and then okay. I, then I realized why. I couldn't record with a dead laptop screen because I wouldn't be able to ah. see you. So I very quickly right. moved all of the things back out into the office. Ah, Made some coffee. Now yeah, I'm ready. What's, what's the story about your What's the story about your laptop? Well, I think on last week's pod, I uh, complained of it starting to die. It was showing some signs of life. There's a little bit of foreshadowing (laughs) there. And then about two (laughs) days later, it just went fully dark. Still, you know, it's it's a desktop now. I guess it's a Mac Mini. So it's still working. It's just a bit limited in terms of its functionality. Yeah, I wonder if I could. Still need a webcam. Maybe I don't. And I had, I just saw a, a video about somebody saying they have a headless this <laughs> headless MacBook. I was thinking about your laptop during this. Is like I bet Jeff could use this information. <laughs> so the closest Apple stores in Melbourne, about an hour and twenty away, and I don't have time to get there. So and don't really have time for any computerless downtime. So I've just ordered another one already, which is yeah, shipping next sense. week. And then at some point when I have time, I'll go and get this one repaired or replaced or whatever they decide is allowable within warranty or not. Because the business was sort so, of on... So is it a, did you get an M2? Yeah, I got the M2 Max. Yeah, silly money. I was like, it's my primary tool. <laughs> I'd spend so much time on this machine. I just won't make it as quick as possible within reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like one thing I can always convince myself is worth the money. Is whenever my computer's feeling slow, I'm like, "This is how we make all the yes. money, right?" It's like it's the first CNC that touches <laughs> touches <Yep>. the <laughs> the parts. Yeah. So there you go. That's my story. How are you going on this? Bomby Friday. It's doing all right. Yesterday actually it rained and was 66. I don't never do the math on the fly, but a 19 degrees. Please hold for selfies. That's pretty good. It's been cooler, That's which good. has been nice. A little warmer today. I'd say my biggest thought of the week was again in thinking about bringing new people on board with all the apps and software. Oh. I sent you my mind map of software. Yeah, that's amazing. And I do not remember. Let's see. 
It's probably in the 20s, 20 apps or so, <laughs> which is, you know, like, I feel bad about that at the moment. And I start thinking and, like, probably defending my decisions over time and how we got here. Like, 2017, the options felt really slim. I'm still not seeing in looking now, like, what could solve more of our problems within one piece of software, mm. what we need software yeah. for, but... The total amount of money is over $500 a month in software slash website stuff. And that feels like a lot Mm. for so many different things. And so that kind of puts a budget in my head of, all right, well, how can we solve this better? Hopefully eliminating a bunch of what I'm now calling like unitasker apps. Right. There's just like, they only do one thing. It's just kind of on its own. It's good. I think it's good to review it and think about it again. Mm, Absolutely. Some of these I've never heard of. There's a lot in there. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Amazing. Yeah, I'd love to do this for our business. Super interesting. How long did it take you to do this little assessment? I want to say 15 to 30 minutes. Awesome. I mean, like a lot of it's just like, oh, I forgot this yeah. one. Oh, I forgot another one. And I just throw it in there the next day. And I mean, and I then like, you have to get a mirror subscription like to make it. it I, right? mean, I think. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I don't have the. I know, need to make flowcharts now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> right. This is a thing you need. Hmm. I guess part of my thought of bringing it up, which I feel like I'm hoping for for a more hopeful situation, but it's like, if somebody has mm. a solution to better software to run these kind of businesses, I, we have a weird case in that we do our own products and service. And I think, I don't know that we're going to find anything that solves both of those things, but I think separately, I have to say that at this point, I think Airtable is part of the problem for mm-hmm. us now. Like, I don't think it's solving as, uh, it solves a problem, but it it is a very... What is the word? It's just like there's so many, the way I've set it up over time, there's so many separate places where things are stored and then those don't always play nicely with other things. And I think the UI is pretty terrible for quick analysis and use, especially Mm -hmm. when you're new to it. Even when I'm not new to it, I'm like scrolling long pages of records and... Yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of looking for new solutions, but I'm not going to jump anything quick. I wanted to solve a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. for us within one piece of software and not more singular apps for singular things. Yeah. Hey, out of interest, have you put this problem to the robots? Yeah, I mm. have a little bit. I should probably give it more mm. information, but part of the GPT problem is it's stuck three, two years ago, right? Oh, uh, like, yeah, for sure. It doesn't know the new things. I'll say the one that, that struck me recently that might be of use to you, even though it's not going to serve your custom needs at all, is it was called Katana MFQ, I think, like yeah. MRP, Katana MRP. And it seems to be really good for managing a product manufacturing company. So like it would be for like 
your products, not for manufacturing other yeah. people's things, which is a little frustrating. I wish I could do both. Mm. And then I would be like, this, this is it. it. This, is our <laughs> this is what we need. Yeah. But yeah, it's a funny problem, isn't it? Like our, anyway. our Airtable stack is, well, our overall software stack is probably looks very similar to yours. It's a bit out of hand. And, but yeah, same, same, similar complaints with Airtable. Just like we've built this awesome, complex, hefty thing that's, yeah, a bit clunky and slow and not great for certain types of data and certainly not great for all the sorts of people who work in a small creative business like ours. It's not necessarily well suited to communicating clearly and quickly with people like us. And... Yeah, it would be love. It'd be lovely to start from scratch, but yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. We've got plans to do sort of an overhaul of how right. our production tagging system works and how that taps into sales, kind of like we were talking about the other day of like sales views, right. Gantz that talk to production Gantz. But you know, all that's really doing is trying to sort of it's adding complexity, but trying to sort of streamline the output a bit of so make it do make it work a little bit right. harder make it a bit smarter but um. i think for me the the biggest problem with how it works is if they could let us search across things mm, better yeah like I, it is so siloed in what you can search for like it's basically view based that's yeah. like three levels four levels down from where i want totally. to be searching and even when you search it's pretty bad it's not very mm. intuitive and i think that's one of the biggest like speed of use problems but anyway just you know, throwing it out there. I know some people have used like these no code solutions and I'm moderately interested in that. I guess I'm more interested at this point in like like a decent I don't think it's gonna be a pro shop. They're still pretty pretty niche or like specific use cases that I don't think fit us. So I mean the one dream was like let's learn Python and then try to make our own <laughs> software. But it's like, you know, six years later, I might have something useful. <laughs> and like realistically, how much of, like if you got an off-the-shelf, yep, what are they called, ERP? Yeah, I guess. Like how much of that stack would that actually replace? Like Airtable, sure. Right. But yeah, you've got so much, like you've got your whole sort of education sector, you've got your website. You need to get rid of Squarespace, surely. Roll that into Shopify. Right. That's currently happening. Been migrating. One of the problems, weird little fun problems about that is we used a tool to migrate that was like know, 120 bucks. It migrated all the posts and stuff, but it didn't move the images from all the posts and the pages. So they're still from the CDN from Squarespace in <laughs> Shopify. Like the URLs are still going back to Squarespace. So it's like Joy. we're literally having to go find the images and move yep. them. And so it's in the process. I think by next month we should be able to kill it off and yep. that'll be nice because that'll, that'll simplify one more thing. It's kind of like, it's like the cleaning shop of apps. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, we just the other day in a meeting here, we were talking about how we need like a lean day for software. Like we plan lean days for the workshop, but we need mm. we definitely need a software lean day as well for a week. Just kind of 
tidy things up, streamline. Right. Because it's, it's, it's deep work. It takes time to do it well and, yeah. And even just mm-hmm. to plan it and make sure everyone's on the same page of what the definitely what the solution is actually trying to solve and how we're going to do it and mm. yep right yep 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 right 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 <laughs> I had a thought overnight and maybe this is too big a question to sort of jump into on the fly but how. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about innovating on live jobs? So, we've got to... Let me try and articulate it better. So, what I feel like the way we've sort of grown the business is by taking risks and, you know, solving... A customer comes to us with a problem. We're like, oh, yeah, we can do something about that. I'm not quite sure how we're going to solve this bit, but I reckon we can do something like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've, you know, it's a solution we might not have done before, but we're confident that we can give it a go and work it out. Right. We take on the work, we work it out. We might have some issues, but ultimately we solve it. And then, you know, the customer gets a solution which is more unique and more sort of closely aligned to their needs and the business gets kind of R&D development skills you know skill points points. yeah exactly in some question yeah then and and it can end us in sticky situations where it's like shit that didn't work gotta (laughs) go back to that job again and fix that up you know and ultimately getting Mm -hmm. it to a point where it is successful but it can take a lot longer or be more involved some questions thrown back and forth here about like should we be doing that at all on live work or should like if if there's new solutions should they be developed in complete isolation in sort of r&d time Hmm. within the business and then once they're kind of like tick yes we can do that successfully then roll it out no for example many example is like folding aluminium brackets in-house like yes we can machine aluminium tick do we have folding equipment? No. Can we kind of hack it and make it up and fold our own brackets? Yes. Reasonably left. Reasonably well. well. But, you know, it's a bit janky, whatever. Um, and I was, yeah, interested in your thoughts on that because, like, for me, I, I find it a really right. challenging question because I'm like, but that's how we got here. It's like 15 years of taking these risks. Like, that's all we are. <laughs> right. And see how the, the idea of like make, making a hard and fast rule of like, no, we will not do this on a live job is like, oh, struggle. Hmm. I think this is how we turn into conservatives as we get older, <laughs> right? That's what happens in yeah. America. The older you get, the more conservative you get, you know, and you get burned by those bad experiences and you start to filter down towards what's safe, what's profitable. But, I mean, I was just describing to a friend that stopped by yesterday, and he had a, his friend here, and we were giving him a little tour, and they were kind of asking, like, how did you, how did this all happen? And I basically was like, an accident and taking on work that nobody else wanted yeah, to huh? do. Basically, you know, that's that's the story of how we started Portland CNC. It was like, 
I wanted to make my own products and then nobody wanted to make them. And so I started making them, which maybe was a sign, right? Like maybe I shouldn't be making that thing. But also, I mean, we wouldn't be here still if we wouldn't have found some niche of, you know, weird projects to take on. And we're, I think we're, we've gotten a lot better at picking the ones that we know we can safely live innovate, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. like we still do a lot of stuff we've never done before. Like, I mean, we just did a giant tooling foam mold this year that had a ton of risk associated. Mm -hmm. If you mess it up, you got to pay for the material to do it again. And it's like, you don't make any money on it. So I, I just had watched NYCNC's second, I think it's born in Coke. Maybe is how you say it tour. Oh yeah. I don't know if you saw the first one, but they are a wild company somewhere in America that is a OEM seemingly or like they make their own like dozen brands of kind of, I guess how I consider them fairly old school styles of manufacturing machines, like really uh, unique things like brochures Mm. and gear hobbers, which I barely understand. And they had him come back for, again, and I kind of remember the first one, and it struck me last night of there must be a lot of money, or a decent amount of money in it that they can always make, but these machines that they were tearing down to nothing, like bare metal again, and rebuilding completely with like new Fanuc controls and, you know, taking this ancient machine. And it just struck me as you're saying, like, that's pretty innovative, right? Like, even though they're old machines... Who wants to do that? Who is taking on those risks of like, yeah, we can do it. We can definitely tear down your Mm. 1880, you know, whatever grinding machine and turn it into this high precision, born again, today's technology machine. Like, so, you know, it's a weird example, but I think personally, I think you kind of die if you don't keep taking on risks and, and small innovations and I think people thrive on that as long as it's not too stressful. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to find the right people that want to do it. But I don't know if you're going to be in, if that's how, what you're known for, like, are you going to change that? Yeah. Why are you going <laughs> to change it, I guess? Yeah. And even if it's not what you're known for, if that's part of your process, yeah, I just, yeah. I feel like it would be really stifling to not operate like that, but maybe there is a different model. You know, if we could prove that we could somehow run a sort of in concurrent sort of internal stream of R&T and somehow justify the time and resources to do that, and it was like, cool, Skunkworks, we've got this project coming up. Can In the next three weeks, can you focus on this because it's going to be critical to solving this job that's in the pipeline and it's just like you clearly delineate right. and divert some energy and go cool which it's kind of just formalizing it like it should kind of happen like that anyway like if you've got a challenging job coming up of course part of doing that job is solving those problems ideally in a timely manner well before the job's due and that's i think that's where we've run into problems in the past is like that little on the fly r&d work has happened too late in the piece with not enough time to refine right. or resolve things. I think in a, in like what I tried to do for a while, which I didn't fully know what I was doing, I was making it up, kind of merging a couple industries of 
my understanding of like prototyping something for somebody and like it it was always tough because all of the client we were working with they never really had the budget or the timeline for it to work but in my opinion it should have always been like all right you've got an idea we can go through it figure it out but that's that's not a production job that's an r&d yeah. job you you know we'll give you a budget we think we can do it within we'll figure it out once figured out then we'll give you a quote for production mm. but like we can't yep. do both i could never figure out how to do both and a lot of those ended up not going through because they didn't want to they didn't have the time mm. or the money mm. usually so i think it takes the right clients maybe yeah we had a job like that recently where we we did <laughs> the first stage sort of on that pr- provision of like cool we're gonna make your prototype for you because there's so many unknowns we're not mm-hmm. we'll, we'll estimate production pricing but we're not going to estimate we're not going to give you a solid quote on production pricing until we've done this prototyping phase and in this instance they did right. have the budget to do go through that prototyping stage and then we got to the end of the prototyping stage and we're like mm, nah this is not for us like too fiddly not aligned to our processes sorry Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that to me, that makes it way more fair that you've set up the expectations of that this is the, you know, maybe you don't have to say that at the outset that maybe we won't take your production job, but it's like you're still making your money and there's no expectation of like that you're getting a thousand parts too. Yeah. 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 I'll switch it up a little bit. I'll I'll link those. That tour is really good. I think I think you should Sorry. watch it too. It might help. There there was some of the process they were talking about, even like how they test out a machine before mm. they send it to the customer. And so I think it's kind of awesome. similar. I'll switch it up a little bit here and ask if I give you a couple tools, CNC tools, meant to cut wood or plywood or timber in your parlance how would you torture test them to find out how long they could last <laughs> okay so you're just dropping some tools on my doorstep and you want them torture tested right and say you know compare these to what you normally run and 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 like can you think of a system that would appropriately test them i can think of plenty of inappropriate not that we need to go into a full <laughs> detail, but just in, in short. Oh, that's challenging because you can't, I don't know, in my mind, you can't run timber tools <laughs> lights out. So it kind of rules out any sort of long right. yeah, exactly. automated torture testing <laughs> cycles. Um, Unless you had like a cobot that was following with a heat <laughs> sensor <laughs> and a set of a fire extinguisher. That's a good idea. Another, yet another use for a cobot. Oh, right. Australian hardwoods are pretty brutal. So let's start with, you know, some iron bark. May as well start with the hardest timber available. Oh. And do you make swords from that? <laughs> no. I think, oh, no, they probably are traditional. Name. Yeah, like First Nations weapons Ooh. made from iron bark, I reckon. But, yeah, what would I do? I don't know. Set up. It's, it's kind of, you could be really unfair. Like what are you what are you testing? Right. Are you testing right. like the kinematics right. of the machine, or like are you testing the sort of <laughs> the tooling? Like 
More context, right. please. I'm I'm glad that it's it's not an easy answer. That's kind of my <laughs> point, I suppose. Was we're analyzing some potential offerings, and it it has been surprisingly hard to find the way to fairly compare tools. I think I think if I was to do this for aluminum parts in the mill, it would be a pretty easy task. But there's something about it for the router that just, you know, with woods that doesn't feel like there's a straightforward mm-hmm. answer or that your outcome is going to be truthful. I mean, it also started to make me think, just let's think about the compression cutter in general. Like the the forces on those tools is absolutely ridiculous. It's literally forcing material to the center. Like how is the heat escaping? Where do the chips really go? Yeah. Like. I've really like been melting my brain a little bit in the last couple of weeks about trying to like analyze this and like think of how to be fair to a comparison test and we're attempting to film video kind of correlating okay, to okay. it. So I haven't really come up with much. It's just kind mm-hmm. of, we have a couple ideas, but they're not great. I don't feel like. Are you testing tooling or the machine itself? Tooling. tooling. I think I misunderstood your question. I can torture test a machine. Sorry, I thought you were torture testing machines. Tooling. No, yeah. No, no, my my comment stands on the timber for sure. Ironbark (laughs) is like cutting cutting steel at times. Like when I when (laughs) I built my deck at home out of ironbark, it was we went through. So many like countersinking drill bits, just like hand countersinking all the holes for the decking screws because it just destroys tools. It's amazing. I wonder if you can get it over there. I'm trying to see if it's on the ink hardness test. Oh, yeah. I don't see it. Mm. Oh, there's definitely harder woods, but in terms anyway, of Australian natives, it's up there. Something in. It's just, it's literally got iron in it, apparently. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Cool, cool. You could do like the Titans of CNC, like stupid full depth, single pass hogging, like two inch material. (laughs) See what you can break. See what fires you can start. I mean, I may have, may have to. And we're back. At the end of it. Mm. I think the first one would be pretty good, though, as yep. a video. Yeah, I agree. You get some good <laughs> YouTube vitriol, I think. Hi. Cut those negative <laughs> comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, hate. Outrage is what fuels that's virality that's sometimes. Uh, what else is yeah. cooking? I got to run machines yesterday. That happened. Ooh. That was novel. Woo! What'd you run? A whole lot of cabinet parts. Got a big job of hoop pine carcasses. Do you want me to make that go away for you? And we've got two, three people away next week. So we've got a big hole in the production staffing that needs filling. Mm. So yeah, had the day on the machines. I'll probably do some more this weekend. Just trying to get this job sort of up to a point. So we can just be like, Sanding and sealing next week. Try and get it ready for install. 
That was fun. So nice to be out on the machines for a change. My moon booted ankle didn't appreciate it. <clears throat> the end of the day, I was like, Wah. I was going to ask you how that's going, going, where you were at with your... It's going well. It's going ankle. really well. Technically, the boot comes off for good next week. But having done a day of mm -hmm. like, wasn't even a full day, like half day realistically of machine time of like wrangling sheets on and off the machine, my my ankle yeah. says, ouch, that's more weight than you've put on us for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty rigorous thing mm. to do, especially if you don't do it every yeah. day or even a few times a week. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Now my back hurts and my arms and my shoulders and my yeah, yeah, hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've probably pushed it a bit hard this week. But that's good. Yeah, no, good. Good, good. What about you? What are you making? Oh, we had a, an inquiry about, we kind of always get every once in a while new inquiries about, hey, can you make a dust boot for my machine? You know, it's like some, something either I haven't heard of or, just, you know, there's all, all, all different types, all different combinations. And in this case, it was like, oh, actually, I've been wanting to make one for the Avid's routers, which are pretty popular here in the mm -hmm. States. They're, I'd say, more on the hobby end, but they're really flexible and, like, made out of, like, 80-20 style extrusion. They have some decent spindles on them. And so fairly quickly just changed one of our plates the mounting hole which i always thought oh we could do this and i just we haven't gotten to that point made it in the turnaround was basically a day from the time it was shipped and the next day they had it and put it on no and it's on, on our instagram now so if that works out for them we will likely have a new dust boot that's awesome for avid spindles avid machines yeah, it's pretty sweet. So I think, and also that's a fairly popular off the shelf. I think it's Heightco four horsepower, okay. seventy-five millimeter mount. So I actually had another customer that has a different machine, had the same diameter that had been in our queue of like inquiries that were like, well, someday we may get there. And then I was like, hey, <laughs> we made two in like in like a week, and I was like, well, that was good. So if you have an Avid. We are looking at the larger spindle size. There's a couple different spindle sizes, but for now we've likely will have a 75 millimeter mount, which is the four horsepower height co. And we'll see. Mm -hmm. See how it goes. Cool. They seem like a pretty popular nice machine. Quick turnaround. I feel like I've even yeah. seen them here. I almost bought one at Maybe. one point. Cool. They used to be called CNC router parts. Uh. And they rebranded a couple of years back, but they're just outside Seattle and some good company. Yeah. Sick. I, th I think it's the basis for Grimsma's machine, his yeah, router. Yeah, it was. I think he upgraded some yeah. stuff to it, maybe. Yep, yep, yep. That rings a bell. <laughs> his, his description yeah. recently of like slapping laser laser PVC on the outside of the enclosure made me squirm a little bit. <clears throat> but it makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I think the laser was a bit of a Yeah, I get it. I've had a lot of people ask us about lasers, and they're really popular mm. on Chop Sabers. They're kind of retrofit 
laser setups. I just have never felt that's, I don't, never seemed right for us. I Speaking of lasers, ours has not been working well Aww. for a few reasons, basically since we got it. Uh, got it working yesterday. I spent about, a, you know, a couple hours and finally got it all aligned, the lasers, which was a little bit off from the factory. But the bigger problem was something stupid. The honeycomb tray was resting on the frame in the back and not flat on the knife edges. And so when you go to align it up and down, no wonder the backside <laughs> wasn't. Just like didn't spend enough time looking at it, mm. basically. So we cut some pieces yesterday. It cut great. Cool. And I think we're going to be trying to engrave some of our new product line brand-wise and then really got it for packaging. Mm. So Ricky's got this backlog of all different types of packaging inserts we want to make. So when he gets freed up, he's going to start doing some of that stuff. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Finally. Yeah, finally, right. That's cool. Jay and I were both working yesterday and Jay was dispatching orders while I was running the machine. For for reference, yesterday was Friday, so normally no one works on Friday, but we're kind of pushing extra hours at the moment. It was funny because both Jay and I had the sort of thing of like, you know, normally we're very office-based and so... Jay was in dispatch and going like, "Hey, what are you doing out here?" <laughs> and I was on the CNC, and it's like, I think it reminded both of us of like how important it is to just get out onto the floor sometimes and be like, "Oh, these boxes, these cartons mm-hmm. are crap. We need to improve the cartons for this product because it's like real janky. The way you got to wrap the tape around here to make sure it stays in, right. and blah blah blah." And you know. I didn't, you didn't have this experience yesterday on the machines, but often when I sort of step out into machines, I have, you know, little moments of like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to improve that? And it's just that sort of, it's not saying that the guys that are doing that every day are missing stuff. It's just those, that sort of fresh perspective of stepping into something that maybe right. you used to do or right. see something with different eyes and see room for improvement. Right. I think. It's so, so crucial. It's kind of like the example of, you know, having a new hire and going through mm. all our apps again. It's like, I think if you don't have that culture of acceptance that it's not critical about the person mm. or the people doing the thing repetitively, it's it's literally the most important part is the, is the person that's naive to it, mm. I think. That's the critical aspect of like that improvement capability is somebody that goes up and, you know, you have to do it with the right tone, but it's not like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Why have you been doing it this way? It's like, I think we can do this better. What if we did it this way, right? Like, and I think that kind of improvement, I'm sure the, I'm sure the Japanese have a great word <laughs> for doubt. it, but, but but we're just learning it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely did have a sense of like because John had sort of nested this job for me before he left for the week, and so I was just running through his nest and you know, posting code and sending it to the machine, and I was sort of I was simulating yep. stuff as I went and just double checking to try mm-hmm. and catch any issues before it went to the machine. But right. I'm definitely feeling rusty in old Fusion. <clears throat> Party hell! I need to get my teeth back into it. 
Like, oh, they haven't really spent much time mm. at all with all those new selection tools in Cam, like the like, silhouette and profile stuff. It's looking really good in terms of yeah better control right. compared to how it used to be. Yep, and just faster. Yeah, it's been by the look of it. Definitely faster to set some stuff yeah. up. But I, I think they've come a really long way with the nesting extension, particularly with advanced arrange. And honestly, without advanced arrange, it's kind of barely usable. The the commercial, like I tried to have, you know, somebody do that here without the extension. And it was like, oh, you can't. Oh, yeah, that's not going to work. Like there's just almost nothing you can do with it that, unless you're a hobbyist. Yeah. With, and don't care at all about what you're Without nesting. that extension, you mean? Which is like when... It, well, yeah, when is that happening? Mm-hmm. You know, like when do you not care? If you're nesting, you care. <laughs> Otherwise, you just drag them into place. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Get out the door. Last thoughts? Final thoughts? Nah, I'm going to go jump right. out in the machines again. Run a few more sheets. Sounds good. Ooh, spicy. spicy. Cool, man. Goodbye, crispy Justin. Okay. You're looking very on, on brand <laughs> with your new Ken Ken Barbie CNC shirts, actually. You've got that Ooh. Ken's, Ken's double. I don't, I don't have those yet. <laughs> right. I showed them to a friend who's not in, in the in the industry, and he's like, oh, my God, you are absolutely CNC Ken. And I was like, damn it. All right. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Ah, it's true. Goodbye, CNC Ken. <laughs> Bye, potato, Jim. <laughs> I'll be potato. Mr. Potato Head. Goodbye. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have an Australian nickname for potatoes? Spuds. 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 Uh, yeah. Do you? You got that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like, what do you call, what was the afternoon thing? Var, var, Arvo. 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 I looked up the etymology. That's from like the early 1900s. Sure. That surprised me. That it, yeah, that's wild. I would have thought it was like some new thing that the kids were, do- the kids <laughs> the kids were doing. doing but- the kids are eating avocados in the yeah. afternoon. Have an avo in the avo. Goodbye. <laughs> Before I scare all our now. Australian audience away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ding! Ding! I stopped it.